Blog Talk Radio. Well, here we go, ladies and gentlemen, across the country. We climax it with this Standing Above the Crowd podcast hosted by my good friend, a brother, a mentor, James Donaldson, live from Seattle, Washington. Yours truly, Mark Mancini, producing it in Los Angeles. 347-205-9631. It goes by quick. Catch the archive version on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Mancini Sports Podcast Platforms, wherever you subscribe to, powered now by Mancini Media. So without further ado, it's more of him, less of me. Let me lay the red carpet down, put that podium in its place, hand off the mic. First of all, James, how are you? Second of all, how can people get a hold of you? And third of all, you're bringing the pearl into the mix today. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Well, hey, thanks so much, Mark, and thanks for hosting or producing this great show every week, uh, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, every Saturday morning. And we bring you great guest after great guest time and time again. So today is absolutely no exception. Uh, I'm doing just great. I'm actually at a conference in uh, central Washington here, state of Washington. Uh, but I took time out to make sure we get the show going, and I'll get back to that a little bit later today. Um, you know, people can get a hold of me at jamesd at standingabovethecrowd.com. Uh, Standing Above the Crowd is the title of my first book I put out about 10 years ago, a great inspirational, motivational book. And you can find that on Amazon. Or you can find it at standingabovethecrowd.com. Uh, yeah, go ahead and uh, put your order in for that. That'd be great. Um, and other than that, I'm doing really good. I am so pleased to be able to announce our guest today. Uh, I met I met Earl uh, with our Retired Players Association probably a good eight, ten years ago. And I tell you, I was so impressed with him and the efforts he put in to stand up for the retired players. And uh, we, he took a lot of a lot of arrows, took a lot of shots, uh, you know. And uh, Errol, Errol, I remember the, the time I was most impressed is when you got up to the open mic at the All-Star uh, Weekend in Los Angeles. We had a board meeting for retired players. And you were up there at the, at the, at the open mic, Speaking on behalf of our retired players, and uh, you were you weren't feeling too good, but you went ahead and put it all you had into it, and we both did through those years. Um, you know, we wish them well, but we did what we could do at that time, and uh, I have been so appreciative of you and and the great work you continue to do. So, without any further ado, our guest this morning is Earl the Pearl Monroe. Uh, a great, great NBA basketball player, Hall of Famer, uh, all 50 top player, all 75 anniversary team. I mean, he's got a list of accomplishments that keep on going. Uh, Earl, why don't you introduce yourself to our to our fan base, our listening audience all across the country, and tell them a little bit about uh, you know what you're doing nowadays, and and we'll get into your career in the NBA playoffs as we go. Uh, Mark, I keep I keep asking for more time. Thirty minutes go by way too fast, but we're going to get in as much as we can, folks. So, Earl, without any further ado, go ahead and take it away. Please introduce yourself to our listening audience. Well, thank you, James. Uh, I'm Earl Monroe. I'm actually from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I played basketball at Winston-Salem State University, uh, and I was the number two draft in the 1967. NBA draft. I went to Baltimore Bullets and wound up my uh, career with the New York Knicks. And uh, it's been a 
it's been a long time, but uh, thank goodness we're still here and we're still viable and and uh, doing things that we like to do. Mm, yeah, fantastic. I'm going to read, uh, just take off a few of your your highlights of your career. An uh, NBA champion, 1973, with the New York Knicks. A four-time NBA All-Star, 69, 71, 75, and 77. All-NBA first team. NBA Rookie of the Year. I don't know if a lot of people knew that back in 1968. Of course, the all-rookie team. Uh, NBA Anniversary Team, the 50th and the 75th. Your jersey's been retired by the uh, New York Knicks and also by the Washington Wizards. NCAA College Division Champion in 67. Uh, wow, and a tournament MVP in 67 as well. What a list of accomplishments. And, uh, you know, what brought you to mind since, you know, I knew you over the years is that I saw a great feature on ESPN recently about the Earl Monroe School. Can you tell us what that's about? how that got started, and what their mission and, and purpose is for the Earl Monroe School. Oh, thank you. It's, it's definitely something that's close to my heart. Um, you know, back in the uh, early 2000s, I, I was thinking about, you know, a school. And uh, in the, about all the way back when you go to the 80s, I had a, a, a summer camp, which was called the Earl Monroe New Summer Camp. And mm-hmm. what did was we brought in um, people from the athletic world, uh, from doctors to sports people and so forth and so on, to talk to the kids about alternative uh, careers in sports. If because uh, nobody, everybody doesn't play sports. Not, you know, you're very lucky. In fact, if you get into you know a pro league, so you know there's a lot of other jobs out there for folks. So you know what we've done. Uh, and this is through the founder of our school, which is a guy by the name of um, Dan Cloris. Uh, we've, we've got the first specialized high school in America for basketball, but not wow. for playing basketball, not the game of basketball. And uh, what brought this about is we have boys and girls of all walks of life that you know really adore sports, and this is a way for them to be involved in all aspects of, of the sports without having to be a sports person. And wow. uh, we like to say that what we're doing is turning their passion into opportunity. And uh, hopefully, you know, that will lead to a better life for them, their families, and the community as well. Great. And you're talking about maybe broadcasting or journalism and all those things with sports or what else? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we've got about 16 or 17 uh, majors that they can major in. Of course, this is a high school. It starts at ninth and ninth grade. We've got broadcast media. We've got print journalism, law, coaching, business, marketing, venture capital, mm-hmm. uh, personal representation, corporate finance, kinesiology, sports psychology, you know, facilities management and communications. And the instance is that I like to tell people that a lot of times you go to a basketball game and you see basketball players on the floor and you see what they do. But the fact of the matter is that they're on the floor, there are 100 to 150 other people in the background that Mm -hmm. make it happen. And these are the jobs that are available, you know, for kids who are not particularly sports people. 
Right, right. Wow. Is there a tuition involved? I mean, is this a uh, how how is how are the fees and tuition paid for to go to this school? I, I think it's a private school, correct? It's a charter school. It's a charter. Okay. And uh, what we do is we have a lottery uh, every April. This is this is actually our first year for, of the school, and uh, mm. first class uh, will be finishing up uh, next month. Uh, we had 110 students this year, and we just had a lottery in, in April of this year for our second class, so that we'll have 110 last, year, last semester, and we'll have another 110 going, and we'll keep that going until we get a total of 440 students into school. But there's no, two, there's no fees, um, just uh, you get paid by lottery, and, um, you know, Got it. it's a great thing. Got it. Great. Wow, that, that is fantastic. Uh, yeah, that's that's where I you came to mind over the last month or so, and I said, "Wow, I got to talk talk to Earl about this school." ESPN did a fantastic feature on it, and it's just so impressive. Uh, that that's really great. Question coming in from John from Dearborn, Michigan. Uh, obviously, he's not a fan of today's NBA, so he's saying, "What's wrong with the NBA today in your mind, Earl?" <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I actually stayed up and, and, and looked at the game last night. And, uh, you know, very exciting game. Uh, somehow you knew that somewhere along the line, the three-pointers that Dallas was shooting weren't going to be falling in the second half. And I think yeah. that a lot of times that we're relying on the three-pointers so much that, uh, you know, it kind of throws the rest of the game out. When you have a guy that can break their defense down and get to the rim, and instead of shooting the ball in, in the basket for a two-pointer, he's going to kick it out to the corner or whatnot or out front to somebody to take a three-pointer. Well, that's what happened last night, and that's how uh, Golden State got back in the game. And then, of course, their three-pointers started to ring. So I think a lot of times that we rely so much on this three-pointer, it changes up the game plan so much that uh, it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not a good thing for the guys who start out hot. The other thing that yeah. I think that, you know, we don't really realize is the fact that, you know, we're not playing the game today with, with dominant big men anymore. You know, when you look out on, on the floor, you see mostly, you know, small forwards and guards on the floor with maybe a guy maybe 6'9 or 6'10. And the game has changed so much in that respect as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really has. You know, I mean, I played my whole career without taking a single three-point shot. Uh, and I don't think I can play in today's game. It's just uh, unless they need a rebounder or a shot blocker, uh, which they do need, but they don't utilize. Uh, if you can't, you can't kick it out and hit a three. Uh, you just don't really fit in today's game very well. I mean, you could play, I'm sure, in, in today's game, but uh, the big guys are kind of extinct, like the dinosaurs. Now you don't see the Shaquille O'Neals and uh, you know the artist Gilmore's, the Kareem's, and all those guys that used to dominate back in the '80s and '90s, like we when we played. Well, that's mm. it. The renaissance of the game, I guess. Uh, but it's you know for us older guys who've seen the game play and and seen the changes, uh, I still like the old game. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. Hey, when it comes down to it, uh, hey, another question, Pat from Warren, Ohio. He's asking. Um, uh, he really thinks that the teams were physically tough back in the day. 
And are there any real physical teams that, that stuck out for you when you played back in the day? Well, it was the <laughs> Chicago um, the Chicago Bulls was a tough team, uh, you know, with Jerry Brown mm. and, and, and uh, uh, Van Leer. And, uh, you know, they had some guys in the middle. We used to call it Blood Alley, uh, trying to go down the middle of that team, you know. <laughs> um, you know, that was – and, you know, most of the teams were, were pretty physical because, first of all, the movement wasn't the same as it is now. So, you know yeah. – there were more, you know, guys that were standing around that, that, that just bullied you and whatnot. So, you know, it was much more physical. You know, I think today, when I looked at the game, like these games today, I'm, I'm kind of shocked that, you know, we, we, we have so much standing around with the referees going to the videotape to look at, look at all these calls. It slows down the game. It slows the momentum of the game down and, and, and the continuity of the game. I'm, I'm thinking that maybe they need to try and do something with the officiating. So if they're going to have to stop the game, maybe the people in the at, at the other end where, that are looking at the film could just tell them what the deal is, and so that the games could you know get, get move on. Yeah. Wow. No, that's that's exactly right. Uh, uh, here, here's another fella, uh, Dave from Bellingham, Washington. He's he's talking about he loved the Knicks and he grew up a Bullets fan. When you were playing, uh, the Frazier and Monroe uh, combo in the backcourt was deadly. Any thoughts on Walt Frazier's suits? They're pretty flamboyant. (laughs) (laughs) You know, Walt is still doing uh, color for the the Knicks, and his suits have gotten worse. No. No, you know, <laughs> no. Clyde is still at it. I mean, uh, he's still, you know, he's still Clyde. Uh, does a great job. As a matter of fact, just got uh, uh, elected to go in the Hall of Fame as a sportscaster. So, conducive wow. to to walk. Yeah, no, that's that's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Clyde was a great player as well. Yeah, I remember those backcourts too when you were playing back there. Uh, Dave from Louisville, Kentucky, he's saying, hey, Earl, uh, rating Willis Reed versus Nate Thurman, uh, Bob Lanier, and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, uh, where, where would Willis fall in all of that? Well, Willis played, you know, he played pretty well against all those guys. Uh, you yeah. know, Willis, uh, and before he got his knees hurt, um, you know, he was kind of like the premier, you know, uh, of those guys, you know, uh, centers. Um, of course, uh, Nate Thurman was a great, great shot blocker and uh, yeah. team guy. Um, Bob Lanier, who just passed away, rest in peace. Um, Bob was a good shooter, <laughs> the, the dauber they call him, and uh, yeah. he was he was uh, you know another real good player. I mean, it's great to be able to compare these guys because they were all great players. And of course, yeah. the team, well, obviously the leading scorer in, in the history of the of the game. Um, you know, he was uh, he was Kareem. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah, and I played against all the guys too, so I, I know the feeling. Uh, Tony from Orlando, Florida, is asking any thoughts on Red Holtzman uh, as your as a coach, and he thought he was a fantastic coach. Yeah, Red was a great coach. Um, Red emphasized defense. Uh, team team uh, play, 
And uh, he was really the catalyst in, in turning the whole Nick franchise around back in the 60s. Uh, uh, instituted uh, a play for, for Bill Bradley to come in. And Bradley had come in as a guard. And, you know, of course, they had Cassie Russell at the time as well. And somehow mm-hmm. he was able to filter those guys into split time. And then when they traded Cassie, uh, was able to uh, fit Bill into a Hall of Fame career as well. So Red Holson was a was a great coach, man. Uh, yeah. One of the things that I, you know, when I first got traded there, I was reluctant to go because the season before, um, during the All Star Game, Red Holson had coached, and Clyde and I started, I think, the All Star Game, and I was on Baltimore at the time, and I had a, hmm. I hit three shots and and. And I got taken out of the game. I didn't get back in the game until the second half. And so I'm, I'm very reluctant going to the Knicks now because I don't know what Red has for me. But uh, he was he was a very formidable guy, and, and we really had a great relationship. And it worked out great for both of y'all, yeah. Now, was Red the coach when the uh, Knicks won the championship in 73? Yes. Okay, yep, yep. That's it worked out for everybody. That, that's fantastic. Uh, you know, hey, this, this conversation keeps circling around about the GOATs, the greatest of all time. And I know it's difficult to compare different eras of basketball. Matter of fact, Bob Cousy just came out and tore up uh, J.J. Redick. <laughs> J.J. <laughs> JJ was saying Bob was playing against uh, plumbers and firemen back in the day, you know, because they – yeah. And, you know, J.J. obviously didn't do his homework, didn't know his history, and disrespected a whole era of great basketball players when Bob Cousy was playing. Uh, Give us some of your thoughts on the GOAT and how you can compare to different eras and come up with somebody who really stands above all of that. Well, you know, it's interesting that I was thinking about that last evening. And... um, I came up with this. I think as far as the the, the, the greatest player to play the game and to make the, a difference in the game itself uh, on the floor was probably Wilt Chamberlain. Uh, mm. uh, you know, because he didn't win all the championships that Bill Russell did and so forth, people kind of negate the fact of how great he was. But he was a guy who – Still has about 60 or 70 records on the books. Um, uh, He only played 13 years, uh, you know, which is remarkable in itself for what he did. But for what he did in the time that he did it, and then he stopped shooting about four or five years before he retired and led the league in assists. So, you know, he was a – you know, the year that I was – I'm stumbling because he's from Philadelphia, and when I grew up, I went to school with his brother, and I used to wear his socks because my legs were so skinny. He had those long socks. So so I, I knew a lot about Will. The year that he averaged uh, 50 points a game, he averaged over 48 minutes a game, which means he played right. every game and overtime. You know, mm. also averaged 26 rebounds or so that, that year. You know, yeah. you know, yes. so, uh, and, and he didn't win MVP. <laughs> so, oh. <laughs> so, so, so 
he he's my guy as far as I would say the greatest of all time. But as far as the game itself and and, and what and the emphasis on what the game is because of the game being um, promoted and so forth in the '80s and whatnot, I would have to go to Michael Michael Jordan, who has okay. you know he's stung it and you know he's, we're still talking about Michael. Be like Mike. Yes, that's right. That's right. Wow, well, well, me being the big man, I'm I'm naturally biased towards the big guys. So Wilt and Kareem are my guys, but uh, I tell you, but Michael, yeah, you, you, all three of them make an excellent case for being the greatest of all time. And uh, these players keep getting better and better, more and more physically gifted and athletically gifted. Uh, I kind of question their basketball IQ sometimes, but they can they can do things out there that have never been seen before, and that's that's today's players. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, that's the progression of what the game has, has gotten to be. I mean, especially when you think in terms of what they've done with the Euro step, they brought in, you know, that in itself has taken the game to another level. Yeah, you had some unorthodox moves yourself back then, whirling and twirling and doing all the things you did. <laughs> so uh, did you get now, they, now back then they called you for palming and doing those things if you couldn't hang on to the basketball properly. But nowadays yeah. they can just <laughs> yeah, they did that, you know. And and it it, it was Gene Shue, another uh, coach of ours uh, with Baltimore, who actually just passed away. Introduced to rest in peace to Gene. Um, Gene, they had to go and show the uh, films to the to the empire, um, <laughs> to the referees to show them that I wasn't palming the ball, I wasn't carrying the ball. And <laughs> that really helped, I mean, because, you know, it, I, it was just a, a, the gait and how I handled the ball, you know, it made it look like that, but I wasn't palming. Right, right. No, no, that's right. That's right. Not all hey, the time. I, I, <laughs> I'm, I'm looking at a cover of, of a book that was published on you several years ago, Earl the Pearl, My Story. Is this book still in publication, still in print, and pe- can people still get it? Yeah, we we just, I think last year, just uh, did a, uh, uh, a re-edition of, of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And where, where, where can they get it from? Where's a good place to get it? Um, I guess um, <laughs> after you get paid, you don't, you don't really care, you know. <laughs> okay. No, <laughs> um, I guess you could get it on Amazon. You could get it. Um, well, we have a Barnes and Noble here. I don't know if you uh, have it out that way or whatever. But uh, you right. know, the stores and and uh, but yeah, it's out there. Okay, and it's about your story. So growing up in the, the playgrounds of Philly, and from then on, or what's it what's it about in general? Well, it's about growing up in Philly to to. Um, you know, going to college at Winston Salem, you know, that was that was like a a real change. That really changed my life. Um, had a, had a great career down there. In my senior year, we had, we won the national championship, which we we became the first HBCU to win an NCAA uh, title. And wow. um, I had a good year. Had score. I was at, what forty one points a game, and. Mm-hmm. Um, that was that really changed my life, which has made me, you know, number two pick in the in the in the draft, going to Boston. Right. 
So it, it encompasses all that, and, and it, it ends up winning the championship in 73. Okay, yeah. And on the cover, I'm looking at the cover now. You've got you in your New York Nick uniform, number 15, uh, and Jerry West is behind you trying to chase you down, but, of course, probably couldn't catch you. But uh, Jerry, uh, Jerry was another great player back in the day. Yeah, you know, I, in my rookie year, um, there, there must have been a guy. There was a guy named Monroe who played in New, uh, I think in New Mexico or something like that. And uh, we were playing against uh, the Lakers in Baltimore. And, you know, Jerry kept, you know, he he was complimentary. You know, he kept calling me Ben, which his guy's name was Ben Monroe. Nice move, uh-huh. Ben. And, you know, this, you know, <laughs> so, uh, you know, they won the game by a couple points, but I got 56 points that game. And, oh. and when, and when at the end of the game, Jerry came up and said, nice game, Earl. So, wow. as though, you know, I had arrived in the NBA then. Yeah, yeah. On there. Now, now, Earl, what, what was your go-to move, your go-to shot? I, I mean, I, I picture you always spinning around the defense and breaking down the D and laying it, laying the ball up. But did you have a, a really nice jump shot as well to get thirty and forty points a day uh, a game? What was your go-to? <laughs> yeah, well, I had a, I had the long jump shot, you know, um, when I first got into the league, and. Um, I had a game against Detroit, a guy by the name of Eddie Miles. He also played out in Seattle, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I know. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And Eddie, you know, he started hacking me. And he'd hack me, you know, starting at half court. And I couldn't get my shot off. So this was the first mm-hmm. I had, you know, tried to get, to get free. And I was like 0 for 5 this game. And so the next game, you know, I took Gus Johnson, who is, uh, you know, big, strong guy forward. And yeah. in practice, I practiced backing him down and, oh. and getting my shot. So that when we played against Detroit the next time, I was able to not, you know, be kept out in the front, but I was able to back him down, back Eddie down, take him up, shoot, shoot over him. And so I got 44 that game, and I told Eddie, I said, listen, don't worry about it. I'm only averaging 22 against you now. <laughs> <laughs> but that was my, you know, getting guys up in the air and shooting the, shooting the jump. And, you know, I mean, you know, back in those days, it wasn't about the long three-pointers per se, but it was about getting in the two-point range and making, you know, making shots from there. Right, right, right. Hey, we only got about three minutes left. Uh, give us your, your insight on today's playoff series that are going on. Uh, the heavyweights are all knocked out. The Lakers didn't make it. The Brooklyn got knocked, swept out of there. Uh, Milwaukee's not in there. So what do you think going down the stretch, uh, these, these uh, final conference championships going on? Well, I'll tell you, uh, Boston really surprised me, and um, I think they're going. I think they're going to be very formidable um, going in. I like Miami, but I don't think Miami is going to have enough horses to to get through uh, on, mm-hmm. in the East. Uh, obviously, um, Golden State. I feel as though they've got enough. They've 
got, you know, not only good coaching, you know, and whatnot, but they've got guys that they can pull off the bench and, and um, you know, you don't even miss guys when they, when they, when they leave their lineup. So I think yeah. they're going to be the two teams that are probably playing Boston and Golden State. And, wow. again, neither one of those teams have any big men. For, you know, I mean, Looney is, you know, the one big man that plays for uh, Golden State. And the other guys on the other, you know, there's only one guy 6'10 over on the other side, so Boston. So, you know, again, we, we have forwards and guards playing again. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Uh, here's a compliment that came in for you from Eric from Springfield, Illinois. Jason Tatum is the next Earl of Pearl Monroe. Whoa. Oh, uh, he's so kind, man. Uh, yeah, he's a great yeah. player, man. He's, uh, you know, I, I've seen him since he, you know, got into the league, and I've seen his, you know, his maturation. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, not only Tatum, but, you know, with Brown, you know, and Smart, man, they, they, they really form a formidable, you know, triumphant there. And I think that they, you know, Heads up, they might even win this out. Yeah, yeah. Well, do you want to go out on a limb and, and make your pick? Who, who do you think is going to win it all? I think either Boston or Golden State's going to win. Well, that, <laughs> okay. That's either or. But fan duel on that. <laughs> oh, well, you know, I, 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 myself, I like Boston. I mean, Golden State's been there. They've done it three or four times. Uh, they've been there and done that, and they got guys who, who've experienced that. But I, I like Boston for some reason. Yeah, well, Boston is cool, but Boston is not as deep, you know, no. as Golden State. And then, like I said, Golden State could bring guys off the bench. I mean, this guy, Poole, I mean, he would be starting anyplace else. That's right. That's right. Wow. Wow. Well, Earl the Pearl, hey, man, uh, this has been a fantastic interview. Uh, we got to wrap it up, but I'm going to give you a text or a call right after this just to say thank you. But I want to say thank you publicly to you and just let all of our listeners out there know that this is the kind of interviews we do every week, the kind of guests we bring in. And this is James Donaldson with Standing Above the Crowd, Sports Talk Podcast. Join us every single Saturday morning, 10 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, Next week we'll have another one, great one, but I don't know if there will be any one that would be greater than Earl the Pearl that we had today. So thanks so much, Earl. Hey, you're my man. My pleasure. Thank you. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks.